Hey there, I'm Pete Townsend, and this is Money Never Sleeps. We look inside the minds of entrepreneurs and at the crossover of startups, enterprise, finance, technology, and life as we know it. I am literally on my way out the door to the airport to get to London for our Techstars Web3 Builders Night, but I thought the time was right to look back at some of the most helpful insights that Web3 leaders have shared with us over the past year and a half. The common thread you'll hear from all of these voices is that the things that make a great Web3 project or startup focus a heck of a lot more on humanity than technology. So we're featuring Web3 investors, advisors, and founders, including Joey Krug from Pantera Capital, Matthew Graham from Sinogloa Capital, Tina Baker-Taylor from Circle, Sam Williams from Arweave, John Wu from Ava Labs, Clarice Hagej from Defense, Sean Lee from Odyssey, Tim Boss from Sharing, and DAO expert Michelle Singh. Also, one of the takeaways from all of these insights is that they ring true across all kinds of startups and economic cycles. The first voice you'll hear is Tina Baker-Taylor from Circle. We recorded this in late 2021, which was before she joined Circle, and her words are definitely time-tested. So here we go again with Money Never Sleeps. So the best founder stories, the ones that have moved me, which, you know, create an emotional story that I think moves customers and, you know, gets people excited about a project are when a founder solves a problem that they've experienced themselves. Mm-hmm. And so when you, you know, hear these stories about people that kind of, you know, didn't have access to this or, or couldn't get that and they thought, you know what, screw it, I'm going to go and build it myself. And or people who have, you know, maybe worked in an industry kind of doing things the old way and thought, you know what, there's got to be a better way to do this. And these people aren't going to let me do it. So I'm going to go and build my own thing and, and try and fix this from the inside. I think those stories are really powerful. Mm-hmm. So from a founder perspective, I think what I would be looking for are people that are really passionate about the problem they're trying to solve, not necessarily the thing that they're trying to build. And sometimes I think that people get their messaging a bit conflated, right? So, you know, my advice for founders is, you know, tell me why this is important to you. Don't tell me about the widget. Like, I actually don't care about the thing that you're building. Tell me about the problem you're trying to solve. Who is this a problem for? You know, why has it been like this for this, you know, length of time? Like, why does this problem exist? And, you know, what's the upside of solving this problem? And that's how you get people to, like, really emotionally care about your project. And then once that happens, then you kind of engender passion, whether that's from your team or your VCs or your co-founders. And I think that's the catalyst that propels startups into, you know, potentially unicorns. It's, it's the passion piece. Do you think there is a relationship between how deeply experienced someone is with a problem they're solving and their level of humility as a founder? A hundred percent. Yeah. So I think the, the other key quality that I've seen with founders that succeed is self-awareness. So, you know, is that always being humble? I think we kind of throw that word around a mm-hmm. lot. You know, people are like, oh, you know, I'm so humble. Or it's important that we hire people that are humble. And, and, and yes, humility is, is absolutely a virtue. But being self-aware and understanding that maybe you're not always 
you know, feeling benevolent or, or humility and being able to internally manage for that and develop empathy and really kind of lean into being empathetic. I guess having that tool in, in your tool chest around, yeah, self-awareness. Who are you? How are you showing up in the world? How do other people experience you? And then being able to, you know, basically tailor your message to your audience. That's super critical. And I think that a lot of founders, and, and so maybe this is where humility becomes kind of the, the nomenclature that we go to, is if you kind of show up and, and you are who you are in every situation with every audience, you're, you're not going to reach as many people as you might if you can take a step back and, and kind of look at it from a position of, I'm here to solve a problem. I'm here to be of service. Is that of interest to you as opposed to here, I'm solving this problem. It's this cool thing and you should learn about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, th this, this was the clincher for me, Tina, of this chat and that this understanding that being humbled by a problem so much so that you really want to solve it. You need that knowledge. You need that experience. But if you're solving for X, there's, you know, solving for Y, they're solving for Z and A, B, C, D, E, and F and knowing which ones you can actually solve. Mm -hmm. And those that you can't, it takes a huge amount of self-awareness. I love that. Next up is John Wu, the president of Avalabs, who lead the development of the Avalanche ecosystem, who featured on episode 164 in November of 2021. Speaking of some of these qualities of founders and of Web3 projects in general, what do you think some of the qualities are that will make a great Web3 project and eventually a great Web3 business startup? This question is constantly asked of me from traditional venture capitalists because a lot of traditional venture capitalists now are getting into the blockchain and crypto space and trying to figure out how to invest. It's also asked of me and my former hedge fund friends in technology who are trying to invest in the space. The experience ultimately is becoming more and more important in the space. Just like the example I use where I think three or four years ago, you can get away with just being a crypto native Greek coder and just like throw something out there and let's give it a shot, see if it sticks. The bar is being raised. So back to that example, you can't just do that anymore because great, you got super smart and you're young, you know nothing about business or the domain expertise, but suddenly I look over here I have this team that has your talent and they have business experience and they have domain expertise. So if you're a venture capitalist now in the traditional Silicon Valley sense, you're looking at the latter, not the former. Now let's move on to Michelle Singh, a Web3 advisor and DAO expert. She featured on episode 161 in October of 2021. Michelle, if you had one thing that you would absolutely look for as a leading indicator of a fantastic founder in the Web3 space, what would that be? I think the number one thing I'm looking um, for uh, you know, in, in a fantastic founder is whether they're humble or not. And, and that's important for me as a mentor and an advisor. But, you know, also from my experience at, at PayPal, right, I've, you know, negotiated transactions with a number of really well-known companies that are no longer here. 
And when negotiating with them, I always sensed a lot of pride, you know, and, and there, there, there are, you know, people, you know, that say that, you know, like the number one reason that you'll fail is because you don't listen and because you're really prideful. And so when working with founders, the people who wanted to learn, you know, who listened, you know, they don't have to execute, you know, your advice. You know, I mean, you just want them to think about it and make a very informed decision after seeking you know, advice from different people and seeking mentorship. But if they're not humble, that it's kind of hard to work with them and, and they may not succeed one, one day. I mean, and, and there's people, founders who kind of get away with that, but I kind of love founders who are humble and who are gritty, right? They don't give up and they just keep on going, you know, and, and that's really, really important to succeed and, and to do well. Next up is Matthew Graham, the CEO of Sino Global Capital, who featured on episode 165 in November 2021. The one thing about talking to Matty is that you want to get him when he's expressing himself passionately. And with that passion comes a handful of F-bombs. So we've left those in just where he dropped them so that you, our listener, gets a full experience of Matty Graham. What do you say to a founder when they're thinking about what's the best way to start getting people behind their project? Right? What do you say to them? I, I, internally, we refer to them as super fans. So I, I think about it like this. So most projects never get even one or two super fans. They get, you know, some users. But they never get people that are like, holy shit, fucking love this. I need it. And I want to tell people about it. They never really get even one super fan. But what I think is really true, and empirically it's true, is that if you get even one or two, there's a pretty good chance you can get 10 or 20. And if you get 10 or 20, there's a pretty good chance you can get 1,000 or 10,000 or 100,000. But it's really hard to get even one or two, like legitimate, not like your mom or whatever, <laughs> like legitimate people that know you from your product and they fucking love it. So you need to think about, don't think when you start, don't think about how to get a million super fans. Think about how to get one or two. If you get one or two, I, I really believe you're going to get dozens and then you're, you're going to be on your way. Most people never get any that far. But but start just thinking, how am I going to get a couple people that just fucking love my product and want to tell everyone about it? I, I would I would reframe it and think about it from that standpoint rather than starting with how can I get millions of users? Next up is Joey Krug from Pantera Capital. We recorded this one with Joey in December 2021, and he featured on episode 166. Thinking about where you kind of focus when you're looking at projects, right? What do you think are some of the leading indicators? If you're really early on something, what do you think of some of the leading indicators? What makes a high quality Web3 project? Yeah, I think for me, I think it's like, you know, shipping velocity. You know, I, I remember like, like projects that I've talked to who ship product quickly, you know, they, they tend to be higher quality teams and like, it, 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 like so often a very early project like you're not always going to have like, a team of some like massive pedigree if you only invest in pedigree teams like you're going to miss out on a lot of the upside 
Like if I think back through like the kind of like, you know, 75 to 100x investments I've made, very few of them or almost none of them, you know, have like the classic like, oh, you know, two people who went to Stanford previously launched a startup and sold it. And, and, you know, it was great kind of thing. Like there are people who had good backgrounds, like, and who seemed smart, but like you didn't really know for certain how well they were going to execute. And so I think to me, the highest signal is just like, how fast is someone like, say you meet a founder and it's really early, you know, you talk to him a couple months later and a couple months ago, they told you they were going to build something. Have they built it the next time they come back? You know, like, or like, are they like, oh, actually it's going to be six to nine more months. You know, that's a good, good question. Cause it's like, well, how well calibrated are they internally for like whether they can like ship product or actually do what they claim they're going to set out to do. And then I think also like time to getting a product into the market is also a hugely strong indicator. Like we had this one company we invested in recently and it's, it's these, these founders are these two guys who like they were in college when we invested, you know, they're like 18 or something. And it's a decentralized DeFi insurance protocol. And I talked to them and like between like the meetings of like between me having the first call, me giving them the term sheet and then us signing the deal, like they built a huge amount of product in that time window. And then like by the time we had our, you know, second or third, maybe fourth weekly sync, they actually launched the product on mainnet. You know, like it was within, within a couple of months, you know, maybe two to four months, maybe total time frame from when I first like met them and then invested and then they launched, you know, early this summer or something like that. And so that's like a really strong signal, you know, and, and you don't even have traction data on that at that point, but you know that like they can ship product fast. And so I think that's my number one thing that I look for. From Joey Krug, we're going to move on to Tim Boss, the founder and CEO of Sharing who featured on episode 169 that we recorded in December of 2021. What do you think is a leading indicator for an early stage company, an early stage project of what makes a great Web3 project? Well, I mean, I, I think team, team is a big one. So it's not just about the team's history and things like that. It's about, is this a team that has the ability to put together the great idea to come up with? Another indicator is... Does this idea have real world use or real world benefit? And then obviously look at what are their what are their barriers. So barriers might be not the right team or things like that. And then and then the uniqueness of the idea. It doesn't have to be super unique, but if they're sort of coming up with an idea that you've seen twenty other pitches for in the last week, well, what makes you think that they are going to be able to do it that the other twenty aren't going to be able to do it as well? And then and then their approach. I think it's really important to sort of look at what their approach is, how they're going to scale and then, you know, how they're going to do even things like marketing and PR uh, as well. And then you look at if they're if they're doing a fundraise, what are they raising? Are they raising enough? Like some some of these projects are looking looking at raising a very, very small amount. And there's absolutely no no way they'll be able to do what they're going to do with the amount that they're raising. But then you look at maybe some of their token model and it's obvious that they're raising a small amount because they're hoping to get more money out of the token itself later on, things like that. But yeah, I mean, I think, I think team, barriers to entry, ability to scale, their PR marketing plan, and and what are, how are they going to do better than the other 10 companies that are inevitably going to try doing it as well. Clarice Gage is up next, and she's the co-founder and CEO of Defense. Clarice featured on episode 202 that we recorded in December of 2022. 
But there's some pretty harsh headwinds that are going up against folks right now. And I think a strategy around enabling those that are building in Web 2 to actually get their feet into Web 3 with some sound developer tools is a good way to do this. And But, you know, even with these headwinds on right now, builders are still building. I just talked to two founders today who were like, oh, it's discouraging. But it's like, we're just going to keep going. So what, yeah. what is it like on the inside of defense when, when thinking about these headwinds out there right now? Yeah. So, so I'll say yeah, two, two true ways to, to answer this question. First, my point of view, being a builder in, in the, in the blockchain industry, I was obviously, you know, when first we started hitting a bear market, then the FTX fiasco, I was myself questioning, all right, are we going to of the market, you know, is it, is it, you know, are we entering a witcher that will be, uh, that will be killing us for, for the next, you know, year and, and are we going to survive that? Uh, obviously, these are questions that, that, that you wonder, but the beauty and, and I think where we position, we actually see people from actually inception to the day they, they have an ID up to the time where they want to rethink their infrastructure because they've gone more mature. So we do see kind of the all from the startup points to the scale up points. And it's amazing. No one, no one has, no one has really stopped building or pushed by the product. We have maybe few use cases that are much more heavy crypto investing focus where they delayed a bit the, the integration. But mostly, you know, we have, we serve 60% use case on crypto, 40% on, 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 on NFTs and everyone keep on building. I think, you know, when you're in a bear market, you should start building. And I think mm -hmm. this is true in, in all industry forever. And, and this is uh, usually the time where you get the, the best solutions, right? Because you're focused because you're no, you're no longer trying to catch up with a market that is that is growing very fast and, and not looking at your own priority. You're focused on building good product for people that are actually building use case on blockchain and no longer for the, the hype part. I think there was a very interesting uh, analysis showing that basically bear market after bear market, the, the core level of, you know, numbers of people building on blockchain, investing in blockchain, in crypto, sorry, is actually increasing. So mm -hmm. yes, we're still going through this fluctuation, but the base is increasing, increasing slowly. And I think believers are increasing as well. And now it's, 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 it has early uh, come across. So basically uh, all industry, all size of company, people that have invested in, in, uh, in divisions in managers to actually figure out a strategy around, okay, what's our metaverse strategy? What's our NFT strategy? How do we monetize? How can that help us creating a better user experience for our clients, right? Well, they have started this project. And so they don't really care about consequences of a fraudulent act in a, in a, in a specific industry. They don't care at all. They are here to build. They're here for the future. And I think now we've reached a mass that is big enough that we all know the big picture is, you know, yeah. It, there is a big picture and we'll all know that this is really just the early stage of this market and, and we're, we're basically building for the next 10 years to, to come. Next up is Sean Lee, former CEO of Algorand and now co-founder of the Odyssey Network, who featured on episode 201 in December of 2022. And speaking of the youth, right, and those that are at the beginning of their journey now and the early, early stage founders, I mean, I know you do some mentorship of, of founders. What direction are you pointing them in with this? One thing that I, I remind them all, that is the pace of technical innovation 
continues to accelerate. Nowhere do we see that faster than here. I mean, when I was in the cloud computing stage, you know, we, we used to say, oh my God, cloud is moving so much faster than everything else, right? And then now that we're in crypto and blockchain, I mean, oh my God, cloud, cloud was a, yeah. cloud was a, a, a long time ago, right? As far as I'm concerned. So if you think about that, one thing that I'm, now I, I'm not saying this to young founders to scare them. I actually want to encourage them that the fact that it is moving so quickly, that just means that they need to keep their eyes open. They need to learn as much as they can, and they need to have the audacity or, or the courage to pivot at any moment in time, right? Who would have knew, you know, two, three weeks ago, we had this massive debacle happen in crypto, right? I mean, we've we already had six months. What are you of, talking about? Oh, what debacle? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, we, we knew it was happening. Right? We knew it was mm -hmm. happening. Those of us that have come through the financial crisis, you, you know one wave doesn't just get covered up right, right off the bat. There is another wave, there's another wave, and I would argue we're not done with it yet. The, the reality is that shouldn't deter you from getting into this space if you truly believe in the potential of the technology and this digitization of assets. Right? This phase, if it's not something that you truly believe in, Maybe this is not the, way, the, the, the place to get into at this moment in time. However, if you truly believe it, I think many people would have said bear markets are the best time to build. And if you've got the ability to raise some funds, find you know, like-minded team members where you, you know, put your heads down and build and find a problem that you are solving, which will take us, the entire industry, to the next phase, then I would encourage them with both of my hands up Right. And I would ask my friends to go support them as well. I think it's important for all of us to continue to band together and look at the look at the potential and look at the reality of where we are and then try to navigate accordingly rather than just having cold feet or, you know, looking at this industry purely because of the in, in ridiculous speculations that has happened the last two, three years and say, hey, this is a, you know, get rich quick industry and I'm going to come in and come out. It doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. Yeah. That is not what innovation is all about, and especially in this space, that's that is the raw mentality to take. I know, I know, and it's one of the things we look for in founders. One of the big things we look for in founders, Sean, is deep firsthand experience of the problem you're solving. And we're finishing up with Sam Williams, co-founder and CEO of Arweave, who I interviewed in December of 2022 on the TechStars Give First podcast. And we featured in episode 205 of Money Never Sleeps. It's great to finish up this episode with Sam, as this was one of the most inspirational episodes that I've recorded in my six years of podcasting. Take it away, Sam. But the message I try and give new founders if they're thinking about going through this is like, well, just be resilient. Just keep doing your thing, no matter whether it's raining or shining outside. It really shouldn't matter to you because... To be honest, the market is going to have crazy, crazy things happen. It's not a sane thing to be around in, in my experience, particularly in crypto. It's so, so volatile. And my hope is that over time it becomes less volatile. But for what it is right now, you've got to be realistic. It's going to be overly excited sometimes and super underexcited other times. And so the best kind of wisdom I've picked up along the way is just be robustly resilient just focus on the things that you actually think will matter in five years, not the things that people are shouting about, you know, pump the token price or whatever, just, just focus on the long term. 
and it, and it does pay off. At the beginning of 2020, we must have been pushing about 500 to 1,000 transactions to Arbiv a day, and a transaction is a piece of data stored. By the end of 2021, that was up to about 5 million. Wow. And our approach has not changed one iota from day one. You just got to be resilient. You got to focus on blocking out the noise, I would say. That's a big one if you're operating in crypto or crypto adjacent space. That does it for this week, folks. Thanks to all of the guests we featured in this episode for sharing their insights. We've linked all of the original episodes in the show notes on our website, moneyneversleeps.ie. So dive back in and give them a listen as there are a lot more valuable nuggets in each of those episodes. Thanks to Conan Brophy from Create Sound for helping me pull this together as well. He's an excellent media man to get in touch with when you're thinking about launching your own podcast. As for me, I'm an early stage startup investor focused on where fintech meets crypto and crypto meets Web3. And I lead the Techstars Web3 Accelerator. There are plenty of links in the show notes on moneyneversleeps.ie on how to get in touch, so don't hesitate to reach out. Finally, until next time, thanks for listening. See ya!